Hi, Brett and LT here. If you thought last year's Wellness Summit was big, just wait for the 2016 edition. New speakers, incredible venue, world-class exhibitors, and 1,000 of your closest wellness enthusiasts hanging around all in one place. A strictly limited number of two-for-one tickets have just been released, so get in whilst you can enjoy the Wellness Summit for less than $10 per hour. We haven't released any tickets for quite some time, and this block of tickets are available right now. All you have to do is go to thewellnesssummit.com. That's thewellnesssummit.com. Enter your name and your details, and then mark off your calendar for the 10th and 11th of September in your diary, and we'll see you at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Center for the biggest wellness event of the year. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with King of the Kiwis himself. He is the founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. Here's Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, bro. Oh, hey, bro. How are you going? <laughs> are you sweet as? I am sweet as, but oh. the reason why you are king of the Kiwis so, is so because it. we are, you are so excited <laughs> that we have a Kiwi guest on 100 Not Out. bro. I, I t- when I saw this video, in fact, I watched this video sitting on the toilet. <laughs> I did. And I was so excited. I thought, oh, God, what's your Amber's going, what are you doing? I go, watching this really cool video. And uh, so... People want to know what videos is Damien watching yeah. whilst he's on the toilet. Let me let let me tell you what Damien is watching whilst he's sitting on yeah, the toilet. Yeah. Damien is watching the world record holders, the world title holders, the Guinness world record holders for the oldest hip-hop group in the world. The hip operation crew range from 71 to 96 years of age. They've Amazing. got us covered well and truly. <laughs> well and truly. That it may might get a standing ovation in Korea. We might have to bring them to Korea. Oh, wouldn't that be good? But the hip operation crew would not be in existence today if it wasn't for an incredible woman by the name of Billy Jordan. It is a very warm 100 not out welcome all the way over in New Zealand to the incredible Billy Jordan. Billy, welcome to 100 not out. Oh, thank you. It's so good to talk to you guys. Thanks so much. What a funny introduction. That's lovely. I'm so honoured. Oh, kia ora. It's so good to have you on here. Seriously, I fell in love with the clip and then I went to, you know, research more, flicked it through to Marcus because it was on Facebook and everyone loves a bit of facey. And so, you know, I sent it off to, to Marcus, said, check this chick out. And um, he's going, oh, that's awesome. And I said, we've got to interview her. And so here we are today wanting to find out more about what you've been doing. I remember the earthquakes. Um, my brother was married the day before the earthquakes uh, wow. went mental, and uh, and I had a I had a practice in New Zealand. I was practicing, and I had a weight loss business in New Zealand, and we were based in Christchurch, so we lost all that. We we're in um, in an area that had lots of that stuff that came up from the ground, and I didn't know that. It's no good. Liquefaction. Liquefaction. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was called, and um, and we lost the whole lot, so it was all toasted. So it was very very difficult, and you. You, you stole victory from the jaws of defeat. You were like a phoenix and rose out of the ashes and, uh, and started yes. up this thing and, um, and just doing great things. What actually happened in the earthquake with you, Billy? From what we can gather, you were injured in the earthquake, but we don't really know how badly. And we, from what we know, this was the beginning of your shift into the hip operation crew. Yeah, um, I was, uh, yeah, because I, I was in PR, which as you know, you know, it's pretty shallow job to do. Uh, and uh, so then I um, 
Yeah, and then I was living in Christchurch. I just moved there five weeks earlier, and I bought a house three days before the earthquake. No way. As you do. And, uh, yeah, and then I was just getting lunch, and uh, and um, and in a Subway sandwich thing in the central city, you know, that, what do you call it? That You know, what do you call Subway. those things? Yeah, that franchise. Yeah, Subway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway. Got it, got it. First, yeah. first try. Did you? Sorry, I just... Yeah, and <laughs> it's just so irrelevant to me. I just don't your fish oil going. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so um, and then you know the earthquake struck. A couple of people I was with, I didn't, I didn't know them, but they were they were crushed to death uh, oh, by dear. falling buildings. And I was lucky because I was just trampled on by everybody trying to get out. And so getting out, that was you know it was just raining down huge big Omoro stone. Um, so I was lucky to, you know, just be this doormat, you know, dong, 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 dong. Oh, my gosh. So you got, you got so, trampled. Yeah. And then um, I, I smashed my knee up because you're just thrown around like a rag doll. You know, one minute you're on this wall, the next minute you're on that wall, up the ceiling, da, da, da. You can't, you know, this whole thing with go and find a, you know, a, a doorway and Brace you yourself. can't. You can't you can't go where you want to go. You're throwing around because it's um it's twice the G force as a rocket being launched into space. Really? That was that was the force of the earthquake. Uh, so yeah, so you you can't. I mean, you've got no say in the matter. So, but but during that time, I thought, oh no, you know, this great. This is it. I'm dying in Subway of all things. <laughs> <laughs> I had a. I had a shitty job, you know, when you move towns, you just get whatever job. So I had this shitty job in the Christchurch City Council mm. um, and thought, great, I'm going to be called ex-city councillor, you know, <laughs> member of the, it's like, oh, this is tragic. If I die like this? Uh, so anyway, um, I, survived, I survived it. And then because I worked for the council, you had to work in the search and rescue, like the, what do you call it, civil defence and emergency headquarters straight away because that's your civilian sort of role comes out. So yeah. uh, so I just had to sort of crack on and, and, you know, help the community and do stuff, you know, uh, whatever you could do really to, to help. Uh, so, yeah, but in that moment I thought, you know, if I survive this earthquake, I'm going to move to Waiheke Island, which is in the North Island, just uh, about 45 minutes by, by ferry from Auckland. Second and, most um, beautiful place on the planet. Behind? Behind Melbourne. No, it's, there's got to be somewhere else, but I don't know. They're so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it really is beautiful. <laughs> it is. It's really. Um, Maybe it, Bonnie Doon. I mean, it's it's just yeah. Well, yeah, just just a bit better than Bonnie Doon. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, uh, it had no tall buildings and stuff. So that to me, and it was on a different piece of land. Uh, you know, so it felt like a safe place to go it's because I I already had post traumatic stress disorder from a very abusive background, childhood. And so this really, so that gives you a fear of death uh, mm. and you're thinking you're going to be constantly killed all the time. Mm. Uh, so that just sort of re-triggered that uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. So I, um, what are you doing with your hand there, Marcus? You doing? <laughs> I'm champing at the bit <laughs> to ask you a question. I'm kind of launching into the screen, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> So, could you mind if I ask this question? Because I'm just so curious here. You, you're constantly living in uh, fear of death, post-traumatic stress disorder, and we'll ask you, and we'll ask about that because I have heard you in your TED talk talk about this. 
But you mentioned earlier, and I find this fascinating about human beings, when the SHIT hits the fan in the biggest possible way, and we're talking an earthquake, your life kind of flashed in front of you. And almost like whilst it was all happening, you're like, if I'm going to die as a, as a local counselor uh, in the subway of all places, that's no way yeah. to go out. So if I live, I'm going to do something remarkable with my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. From what I gather, you you had no experience as a dance instructor before you started the hip operation crew. So no. how does the epiphany go from I'm going to do something with my life to I'm going to form the oldest hip hop group in the world? Like I think it's absolutely remarkable. Well, it's it's straightforward from my perspective. It's a natural oh progression, Just isn't it? Just dots, Marcus. Yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> Wrong with you. Oldest to everyone else, Marcus. I need my fish oil. Get on the program. <laughs> <laughs> it's, cause it's so easy to work that one out. No, I, do I, I, I mean, I'm going to obviously have to spell it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, so, maybe if she was, you know, in a chicken shop, then that might have been easier to work it out. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so post-traumatic stress disorder, so fear of death, going to die, got to do something different. My job's shallow. I'm embarrassed if I die like this, right, mortified. Uh, so I get out of there and then I go to Wakey Island and then, you know, I, I, um, I relate to people in my state of mind, which is waiting for death, uh, thinking your life's sort of over um, and and feeling sort of lost and disconnected from society, uh, which was the old people. Mm -hmm. So I arrived on the island, no job, didn't know anybody, um, you know, fully fully in Louisville, completely. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's north of Christchurch. <laughs> <laughs> the new Bonnie Doon? It's, no, it's ages from Bonnie Doon. Ages, yeah, ages from Bonnie Doon. And then... Um, so I relate to that, and then I thought, well, okay, they're thinking they're just going to die around the corner. They can't see a future, just the past. So, so same with me. I couldn't imagine a future. I just thought I was going to die all the time. Uh, and so I thought, well, uh, you know, let's do something about it, and and maybe we should just celebrate life and, and go out dancing. You know, that, that would be a cool way to go. Um, so I wanted to you know, um, connect, I suppose, with my community. So I just drove around in my van, I had this black van, drove around looking for old people and said, I'm, so initially I thought I'd set up a flash mob because, you know, I'd seen them on YouTube, yeah. da, 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 and I uh, thought that would, that would be cool, like set up the world's oldest flash mob, which is what I did. So I needed to get these people, so I drove around the island in my black van, black you know. Van. <laughs> With a couple of bags like, in the back. Yeah, and goes like, <laughs> are you... Hoods over them. <laughs> was, it, was, it was a stealth operation. <laughs> so I just went, knocked on doors, retirement villages, you know, medical centres, put up flies, went up to anyone with grey hair, said, do you want to... <laughs> or, no hair, or no hair, or no hair. Or no hair. Yeah, I could have got the knock. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I did, you know, I did insult some people. They're like, I'm only 50. I was like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, I didn't know. I mean, I've got no experience in dance. I, you know, two left feet and no experience with old people, like none whatsoever. So I didn't know, like, what are these old people like? Because I didn't have any experience. So I had this very stereotypical idea of old people. So I knew that they liked, like, knitting. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> they like knitting. So that's where they're going to be. Like, because I'm trying to find these 
these old people and they they were at the, there was some at the RSA there was some at other things so I thought right balls of wool are like catnip to old people and there's a craft shop on the island it sells balls of wool so if I park myself out there I'm like sweet right so so I was in there and I told the owner look this is what I'm after get me some of these old people when they come in. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "Well, there, you know, hasn't none have come in today because obviously it's a little population." So I was quite disheartened. So mm-hmm. I just sat there in my van, and the word had got round like this crazy chick, you know, just come on the island. She's going around accosting people in this black van. <laughs> what the hell is she talking about? Uh, so I just thought, well, I have to have a sort of disguise. So I had dark glasses on. I had a hat, and I just sat in this black van, you know, with my engine revving, waiting for someone to go in and buy some wool. And then, anyway, I was just about to leave. I was so disheartened. Then the shopkeeper came out with one of them by their collar, this 92-year-old guy, and says, I got one, I got one. So that was my first one. What was, his, what was his or her name? His name was Peter Davey, and he's Peter. 92, oh. and he's a local church deacon. And he was like, what on earth was going on? I get in the back. So... I got, I got them. I got, I got actually eighty of them. <laughs> Caught them, you know, eighty of them, eight wow. to zero, wow. and um, and then said, did a big flash mob downtown Auckland. They really loved it, and I could see the sort of the the change in their spirit, you know. Uh, and then I decided, well, I'll set it up as a club. So I did that for about four more months, and then I noticed everybody how they were being treated by everyone else in the their family or friends or other thing, and everybody was treating them like they, you know, they didn't have any expectations of them. They would tell them what they can't do all the time. Sit down. Here's a cup of tea. Um, you can't do this. You can't do that. And then they would act like that and go, yeah, well, I can't do this and can't do that. Yeah, and right. it's like, is this it? Is this what you do? Like you spend the last third of your life, a whole third uh, of your life retired having – uh, everybody treats you like you can't do anything and you're not supposed to have goals, long-term things. Nobody has expectations of you, which is incredibly demoralizing, whether you're five years old or 95. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to change that and I'm going to have really high expectations of them and set a really impossible goal for them to aim for and also at the same time reduce that stigma of aging um, so I thought, well, what's the last thing people expect old people to do? Because everyone's seen an old person dance and there's old people dance groups and there's old people choirs and young at heart and blah, blah. Everybody's seen old people do that stuff. It's not, you know, it's not even interesting. <laughs> so, and it doesn't do anything yet. reinforce those stereotypes. Yeah. I mean, who cares? People will keep sending me these things of, oh, here's an old person d- doing some dancing in the street, ballroom dancing. Well, you know, I mean, really, you know, just save your, save your money. Don't send me an email. But, but anyway, so I, so I thought, right, hip-hop, <laughs> nobody expects old people to do hip-hop. Um, the Everest, the Mount Everest of hip-hop is the World Hip-Hop Championships. So I said, right, you're now a hip-hop dance group. I had no idea about hip-hop, of course. I'm a, you know... Of course, like we shouldn't join the dots to think that you could actually do this, right? No. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) I just read some books about hip hop and and then got on YouTube and looked at some clips on how to dance. So 
I didn't have any mirrors because, of course, they're smashed in an earthquake. So I had to wait till nighttime, and I've got these ranch sliders, which you can probably see behind me. So at <laughs> night, the reflection of myself and my ranch sliders That's was awesome. my, you know, how I could, you know, moonwalk across, you know. Oh, this oh, is remarkable. Look at you. Look at you go. So You've got the moves. I've got the moves. So oh. I learned that. And then I said, yeah, right, okay, got them all together. You're a hip-hop dance group now. I'm going to tell you what hip-hop is in a minute, but the goal is in eight months' time you'll perform at the World Hip-Hop Championships on the other side of the world in Las Vegas. So, um, How'd you go? How did they go over there? They, they were brilliant. Standing ovations. They had to go twice, uh, you know, 10,000 screaming young people, the best hip-hop dancers in the world. Uh, you know, nine of them had... Um, incontinence pads, which were thankfully <laughs> necessary. So, so we had 27, 27 went there. Yeah. Uh, Fifteen of them aged in their eighties and nineties. Yeah. Um, five had dementia, quite advanced dementia. Um, one's blind. Six were hearing aids. Four disability. You know, four like um, what do you call it? Mobility aids. So wheelchairs, wheelchairs on the plane. Uh, no, 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 the walkers. The, no, oh, the walkers, yeah. Walkers. Yeah. yeah, and we'll, and what do you call it, um, walking sticks, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. So a lot of them can't even hear the music or whatever. So uh, so I thought it would just be a part-time thing, but I just had to stop working for like nine months to get them ready. Um, it takes me, it takes about 18 months to teach them a four-minute dance routine. Wow. Um, so a lot of dance well, dance teachers can't hack it. I've had some dance teachers, and they just can't do it because they they have a different yardstick. This is a very unique life purpose, though. Yeah, this yeah. what you're dedicating your life to is not the type of purpose that I suppose a, a regular dance teacher mm. would commit their energies and their and their level of patience. Because whatever our life purpose is dedicated to, we have to practice a lot of patience in. Yeah, absolutely. To, to think four minutes routine takes a year and a half mm, that right. is an incredible level of dedication and i'm kind of guessing as sarah my wife sarah and i often talk about i'm guessing you're probably eating tuna and corn out of a can for a fair bit of time because this isn't really bringing in the big bucks i mean you're not uh, charging the corn you would have bought the corn on the side of the road i don't think it would have been the can no <laughs> like this is yeah. this this is um I don't I, like we we hear we interview a lot of people with incredible life purposes, Absolutely. but in terms of the core of humanity, this is one of the more remarkable um, life purposes I've actually come across. And selfless. Oh, that's in the most that's incredible right. selfless way. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. You know, obviously, uh, it, it's um, it's really rewarding. You know, just like any teacher, you see your students grow, and I mean, it's incredible. The change in these people because I will treat them like an equal. I have really high expectations of them. We don't have a dance studio. We used to have a community hall, but we can't afford that. So we just um, rehearse on in the street, like, and we have buses going past and forklifts and stuff, and it's street, you know, because because people think, oh, people need all this comfort and stuff. Well, they don't. It's You've put them on that. They are quite happy to be dancing in the street. They're resourceful people. They've been through wars. Yeah. They really don't care. Give them some credit, you know. Um, so, and I have these really high expectations. They can't just go and say after half an hour dancing, oh, I just need a rest and have a glass of water. No, are you kidding me? Like, that's, <laughs> I'm not going to treat you like an invalid. So these, So they know in their week, 
that there is going to be, you know, depends on what we're doing. Sometimes it's four times a week we rehearse, sometimes it's just twice a week. But they know for that two-hour period, they're going to be treated like an equal. They're going to be treated how they were when they were 20. Mm. Um, and that, none of them, this has been going for four years I've been doing this now. So this is, none of them have dead. If they um, if they get sick, they, they check out a hospital really quickly um, because they want to, uh, get on their emails. They want to attend rehearsal. Um, one had a heart attack. He, you know, he he's like back at rehearsal like five days later. Another one broke her pelvis. Uh, she was back at rehearsal six weeks later. So they do still have their their age related illnesses, but the recovery time is crazy. And you don't they don't fall. People say, "What's your safe? You know, your safety." thing i don't ha- have one you know what i mean <laughs> just because we have a rule if you die if you die during a performance that's it you're you know you you're we, out you're out of the we, team you're, you're done we, we just skip over you and we carry on dancing <laughs> and we sort about later that's right well when, we went, when we went to las vegas i had to investigate uh you know cost of cremation versus bringing a body back and it's like they have to come back in a gas chamber. It's like a dangerous good bringing a carcass back. So you, so I had to get, look at cremation. There's like two t- choices in um, in America for cremation. One's so many Fahrenheit and a, like a, 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 a Ming vase, imitation Ming vase. Another one's like bring your own Tupperware and, and, it's, <laughs> and it's not much Fahrenheit. You'd take decor, wouldn't you? You wouldn't, you wouldn't so, get Tupperware. So everybody... <laughs> Pyrex glass, you might go the glass option. <laughs> so everybody bought an ice cream container with them to... For themselves. Like, yeah, their ashes. That's unbelievable. Uh, was it Buller or Peter's or... No, it'd be over there. Tip top. Tip top. Tip top. Tip top, yeah, jelly tip. Yeah. Yeah. Pokey pokey. Pokey pokey. Because that's what they were doing. Billy, yeah. we're having too much fun. Are you happy to stick around and make this a double episode? Yeah, no worries. Okay, fabulous. We need to wrap this up for this episode, folks. Hope you have enjoyed so much of Billy Jordan. We're going to make this a double episode. So hang in there for next week for another edition of 100 Not Out. Damo, thank you again for your wonderful questions and I wisdom. Said, I know you're loving. I said nothing. I know. Oh, it's this, great to this listen. Billy chick, she talks. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> she keeps going. If you want to, if you've been listening to this, but you want to watch the fun we're having, make sure you check us out on YouTube. Just search for 100 Not Out and Billy Jordan. You can go uh, learn more about Damien Christoph at Damien Christoph. Go to marcuspierce.com.au to find out more about myself and go to thewellnesscouch.com where you can check the entire range of wellness podcasts available. Until next week, may the rest of your life be the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.